Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with my dad. And I am Rick. Dad, you know, we hear the, we've seen the memes, we've seen the inspirational posters. Never, ever, 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 ever give up. <laughs> but I was reading a book recently and the guy said that the people who have been the most successful in life have figured out when it's dead and when to give up and move along to something else. Yeah. And uh, I, I was thinking about that. I was like, you know, there are times when something's just dead. Yeah. Don't saddle a dead horse, you know? Yeah. But there's also this element of resurrection that we believe in, 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 in um, in the Christian faith. And sometimes God has to let something die. Yeah. He has to kind of make you let it die before he resurrects it. I mean, he didn't even spare his own son from that one. He's like, you got to die. And then I'm going to bring resurrection. So that's a, that's a pattern in life. I think is death in order for more glorious resurrection, but until you're letting, willing to let it die. And that's what Jesus said. If anybody comes after me, he must take up his cross. If anybody tries to save their life, they're going to lose it. If they lose their life, they'll actually gain it, which is this super you know, mystical sounding, you know, Zen mm-hmm. sounding thing, but it is so true in so many ways. So, but yet sometimes I think we let, we give up on stuff just before the victory. Yeah. So it's, it's super tricky. Like, how do you know when it's time to let something die and just move on and then trust if God wants to resurrect this, he will. And how do you know when it's time to, what do you call it? Persevere in prayer and, uh, you know, be you know, perseverance. Yeah. Paul talked about perseverance, push through. And it's, wh- where's that line? And how do you know when it is? Because I, I know sometimes I've, I've kept kicking a dead horse and that yeah. ho- that horse still hadn't come back to life. Yeah. And thank God I just walked away from the dead horse. <laughs> but yeah. but then there's other times where I'm like, man, if I would have given up when I was thinking about it and not just pushed through an extra few weeks, I would have never seen that breakthrough in that. Yeah. 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 A lot of times it is, you know, the, it's, uh, I don't, I don't believe it's darkest before the dawn. It's remains dark a long time after the darkest before the <laughs> dawn comes. But, uh, sometimes you do need to kind of hang in there. And, you know, as a friend of ours says, just one touch of God's favor changes everything. Yeah, so you yeah. might just be one moment away from the touch of God's favor. And, uh, so it is kind of tough sometimes. And I, but I, I think it's one of those deals where it, part of it's hearing from the Lord, but a lot of it's checking your own attitude mm. is, is, uh, because if it's really dead, it's dead. You, you can prop it up, you can stand it up, you know, weekend at Bernie type of a thing, you know, you can do everything to make it look alive, but if it's dead, it's dead. And what you were talking about, the, the principle of the death of a vision, you see that throughout scripture that Joseph, God had given him a vision of you're going to rule, your brother's bowing down to you. And then next thing he knows, he's in a pit, then he's in a prison and he's just, things go from bad to worse. And you see that in the life of Moses, go deliver my people. You got a vision to do that. Next thing he knows, the Pharaoh's making it harder. Um, you just see that throughout scripture where um, things just, things had to die before resurrection. Like thoroughly die. Thoroughly die, yeah. 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 I mean, Paul said this, he said, yeah, I don't want you ignorant about what happened to us in Asia. We were at the end of ourselves. But he said it was so that we could learn to not depend on our own strength, but in the power of God. Mm. And then he said another time, he said, uh, I, I long to know him and the power of his resurrection. You can only know the power of resurrection if you've experienced death. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, God and the devil do agree on one thing. They both want you dead, you know, <laughs> different kinds of death. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And so it's that coming to the end of ourself. And sometimes I think in the most discouraging times is when, again, if, if, as long as you're still kicking and trying to prop that horse up, then it's not really dead because it's got to be dead to you before the Lord really brings it back to life. And I think mm-hmm. the reason for that is, well, Paul said, he said, so that we can learn not to count in our own strength, but in the power of God and see that it's him who does it. So when you really give up on it, that's when God's able to come through and bring something out of it. And so 
you keep keep, <laughs> keep fighting until you're just worn out and ready to give it up, and then. So is that, I mean, is that the key? You just keep fighting until you can't fight no more? Again, it's your attitude. Your attitude, is your attitude a matter? Why do you want this thing to succeed? Mm. Is that, it is it honoring the Lord or is it? That's man. hard to separate sometimes. It is. Because it is. sometimes what you think you're doing, what you're doing is what you're certain God told you to do. And he yeah. literally set you on a course yeah. to not achieve what you thought you're going to achieve for his purposes. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is, I mean, that sounds so brutal, but that's, that's how he rolls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Cause, cause he is more concerned about what he's doing in us than what he's doing through us. Yeah. In other words, you build a giant ministry. Eh, so what? Yeah, you know? really? Yeah. A lot of people's lives are changed. That's worthwhile. That's good. But so what in the, in the, in when you match it up against eternity, that giant thing you built is really going to make that much difference. That's a good point. Probably not. I was thinking recently, there was a ministry that was super impactful for me uh, in my teens and 20s, Teen Mania. And Mm -hmm. um, it recently came to kind of a a shameful demise. It got foreclosed on and all this stuff. And, And But you look at that and you go, like, how long had they been propping that up? Uh, I don't know the whole inside situation, mm-hmm. so I'm just talking out of ignorance here. But it was it kind of hurt me inside because I was like, man, that was such an impactful ministry. Yeah. But you, you used to say something that I always thought was interesting. You always used to say, God says he's the alpha and the omega. Uh, God starts things and then he does bring a time to an end. Only the yeah. government starts programs that never end, you used to yeah. say. so uh, <laughs> As we have seen. Yes, yes. And then it, is, it gets more and more bloated and convoluted. Yeah. And Yeah. So there is an element of, it's not bad. I mean, it, uh, uh, what's his name? Henry Cloud wrote a great book called Necessary Endings. Mm, How sometimes yeah. we hang on to something past its due, like past its death date, just thinking that that's God's will for it. But yeah. maybe it was time for a season. I've had two specific ministries I started that actually came to a close. And I know we all want to have a building with our name on at the end, founder, Joel Malm. Yeah. But sometimes something needs to die and that's okay yeah. for it to die. And, and, and for us to hold on to it would actually maybe be getting in the way of what God wants to do. Yeah. And, and yeah, I remember reading a little story about a five-year-old who wrote something to God, you know, his grandparent, granddad had died. And he says, God, if, if you wouldn't be letting people die, you wouldn't have to keep making new ones, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, God, he doesn't mind things dying. He created us all to live, to have a point in life, a season in life. We have the spring, we have the winter, we have the fall. We have a period of death and it's a part of life. And um, actually it's not the end of things. In fact, you know, I was reading something about the New Testament church, not the New Testament church, the first century church. They actually saw death as kind of a cool thing because it put an end to sin in your life. If there were no death, sin would be able to run rampant forever. And they said death was the thing that really finally put the end to sin in your life. Because mm-hmm. then of course you're, you see him, you're like him. We become like him. First John three. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting, you know, that... Definitely a higher view on things, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, these are people who are living with death every day, you know, martyrdom too. So they they had a different perspective on it. But the point is that God isn't troubled by death and death is not a negative thing. And, you know, I've talked about Commission Every Nation, the organization we're with here. And I felt like, you know, God, if you wanted to die, that's awesome. The problem is organizations like ours even can go on for years after the Lord leaves. Right. Because we have money, we have resources, we have facilities, you have staff. And so I think many denominations are that way. They were birthed out of an amazing move of God. And when that move ceased, well, they still had facilities, they still had churches, they still had Bible schools. So it goes on ad infinitum, infinitum, you know, or ad nauseum, I guess it'd be better maybe. We're still doing the stuff, but... 
that was talking, it's funny because yeah. I was talking to a financial advisor the other day and he said how many churches he works with, a little Methodists or Baptist churches of, you know, 45 people yeah. that have millions of dollars yeah. in the bank because they've been around for a hundred years. People have left mm-hmm. legacy money. And he's like, so they can just pay the pastor a hundred thousand a year for 45 people. And he's like, but you got another church out here that's like, you know, growing, need facilities yeah. and the pastor's scraping by on 48,000 a year. He's like, it's such a incongruous thing, but it's a, it, the, the, Jesus left I hate to say Jesus left the building, but anyway, you know, yeah. the, the, the time for that, I'm going to get in trouble here saying this, but what are they, what's that joke that they say that, uh, um, 40 years. How, do, how do we know the Methodists will go first? Cause it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Oh. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. You can fill in whatever in, abomination you yeah, want in put there. Whatever denomination yeah. to say the Baptists will go first, the, Methodists, yeah. the Presbyterians will go first. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But it is, there, I mean, there's some churches you go to that it's evident that Nobody really wants a yeah. move a move of the spirit here. They just want a place they can come to on Sunday. Yeah, it's our church. And yeah. This is where we've come every Sunday. You actually see a picture of that in the Old Testament where um, uh, I think it was Eli and his sons were just, I mean, they were just wicked, evil, and um, that God put them to death. Uh, that's how bad they were. Is that Nadab and Abihu who lit strange fire? Actually, I think one of them's name was Joel, but we won't mention what? that one. <laughs> All right, I got to look at it. I may be wrong on that, but anyway, whose sons were they? Uh, Eli, okay. Eli, the priest Eli, and um, the, the 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 spirit of the Lord had obviously left. But they they the, these sons had this great idea to defeat the Philistines. We're going to take the ark, take it out of the temple, and we're going to go into battle with it. Oh yeah! And they go into battle with it, and the ark gets stolen. I mean, God didn't care about that little box that much, you know. I mean, it was uh, it had its purpose, but when He wasn't seated on it as the mercy seat, it had no power to it. And so the the ark is stolen. Well, it actually did have power to it because then, yeah, long story goes over to the Philistines and the the ark knocks, God knocks down the idols. Anyway, we're off track here. But the point is when they come back and tell Eli that the ark has been stolen, he goes, oh, the spirit of the Lord is gone. The spirit of the Lord has left us. The spirit of the Lord had left a long time ago, but they still had the box. Huh, yeah, that's a good And point. I think that's what we see today. There are many, the Spirit of the Lord has left that denomination or left that move of God or left that, but we still have the box, so let's dance around the box. Let's meet in, mm-hmm. the, let's meet in the building. We got lots of money to pay the pastor or a good salary, and so we'll just do our little thing here. But the Spirit of the Lord has moved on and done other things. Right, and, and a pastor making that good money who's not really interested in you know, he's like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'll just, yeah. yeah. I'm just, it's a job. Hope, Hophni and Phinehas. Sons really? of Eli. Oh man, I missed it. Okay, and Joel. I'd have known if there was a bad son of well, Eli named it? Joel. The, anyway, there was somebody who had a, his name was firstborn with Joel. One of those priests. You know, so Eli had two bad sons. Was it Samuel that had two bad sons too? Sam. Uh, we need to do a thing about bad pastors' kids. <laughs> Uh, that would be a long podcast. Yeah, well, who was it, Nadab and Abihu that lit the strange fire and God wiped them out or whatever? Yeah, yeah. You know, we probably ought to do a little more Bible study ahead of time, prepare Shoot. a little more for this podcast. Shoot, I'm going to do. I'm going to write that note down. We can do a future one on bad pastors' kids. Uh, so, anyways, back to our topic. Yeah. It's the death. The death is not a bad thing. In no, God's eyes, we we see something ending, coming to an end, as kind of maybe a failure. Uh, because we all, again, we want the legacy of, you know, carrying on for generations. And there is something valuable about certain things, carry on for generations. Yeah. But there are some things that are literally just for a season. Yeah. And I, so, some things have longer life than other so things. You look how at, do we know when the spirit of the Lord has left the building? Man, if you don't know that, then he, <laughs> if you don't sense it in your heart, then. Um, 
That, that's a tricky one though, because I've been I've been to church. I'll give you an example. Okay. We went to uh, visit Emily's family in um, in the Netherlands, and uh-huh. it's, it was a, a brethren church. So before we could come in, they had to present us to the congregation, and the congregation had to vote whether we could come in. Not a seeker-friendly just church. Not a seeker-friendly. Yeah. Just to be there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the Netherlands. Not Sounds a, like the voice of experience. I say it's not a seeker-friendly model, right? <laughs> Rick Warren would, yeah, or who's yeah. the seeker-friendly guy? But anyway, uh, so the, we had we stood in the thing. I heard him in there announcing who we were. We're the daughter, the the son-in-law and daughter of, of, of Jeanette Holland and a vote was taken. We got in there. So we sit there for like, you know, two hours and it was very, uh, they, they all sat looking at each other. It was in a square Oh yeah. and everybody sat, and then periodically somebody would get up and, and say a hymn number and we'd all sing it. And then randomly a guy get, would get up and preach, but they didn't know who was going to preach that week. It was just whoever felt the lead of the spirit. Right. And I thought, wow, this is, this place is dead. But her, her grandfather or her, excuse me, her uncle just a godly, you could tell he's a godly, sincere man. He just, mm-hmm. and maybe it's the fact we didn't speak Dutch. I don't know. But <laughs> he came afterwards and he was like, did you not feel the spirit of God in that room today? And I was like, uh, yeah, I was great, man. <laughs> but but he were to, if he were to come to my church and hear the electric yeah. guitars and the drums, he'd be like, "There, you can't, well, was it Rich Mullins one time said, yeah. you, you can't hear the spirit of God, it's too loud in here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so some of it could be like, personality thing. I mean, that, that's where yeah. it's tricky to know sometimes. Like if you like loud music, then you, and and the music's not loud, you think the spirit of God's not in here, but other people look at our church where it's got rocking music and we're singing, you know, all the, all the, the abominable music and they think the spirit's left our place yeah. or we're making it up. It's all hype. Well, that, that's why, you know, we assume that Luther, uh, Luther, <laughs> what was this? Lucifer. Oh. Uh, yeah, I get Lucifer, Lucifer and Luther. I confused. bet the Catholics <laughs> do too. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Just, just confuse that one there. Although uh, uh, that was not a, uh, uh, any, anyway, um, we assume that he was the leader of worship in heaven. We, uh, it's a long story as to how they've come to that decision. I don't assume that. I don't know. But anyway, um, but Lucifer, the fallen angel, the who fallen is called angel. the devil, or Satan, as my wife, yeah. my daughter calls her the dimple. The dimple. At least calls her the dimple. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you'll, the reason for that is you see that in the, in the book of Acts, they came together for the apostles doctrine, the breaking of bread for fellowship and for prayer. No worship in there. That's why they didn't have worship wars. When we brought music into the church, ever since then, we've been having these arguments over worship style. Huh. And worship, I just made that part up. Oh, wow. But, but well, there it is. It is, you know, the last part anyway. But the point is, we do have a lot of conflict over worship. And that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about in your personal life. Because in your personal life, if, you're, if you feel like God's called you to do something and you're doing this here, and there is a time of just gutting it out. Right. There's right. a time of just, you just have to gut it out. You just have to keep being faithful. But at some point in time, I I would just say you're going to have to sense in your own heart when it's time to give it up. But how do you find the will of God? I think that's the key of it, too. Is it just through prayer mm. or is it just through what you sense in your heart? Those are great. But the number one thing is counsel. Yeah. Number one thing, it's more important than prayer because in prayer, we can pretty much hear anything we want to hear. Right. Uh, let's just face it. We can pretty well convince ourselves. I heard from God. That's why the importance of counsel God has you know, Solomon spoke so much about the importance of counsel. Yeah, and he was the wisest man that ever lived. A guy wouldn't need counsel, said you need counsel. Said you need counsel, yeah. yeah. And so God has put authorities in all of our lives that you can go to for counsel. And if they're telling you, 
hey, maybe it's time to lay this aside. Right, the horse is dead. Yeah, you need to consider that. You need to think about that. And then circumstances and all those other things. But counsel is going to confirm. The, the scripture says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And I think one of those witnesses needs to be your own heart. People, you're not being driven by what other people are hearing from God or believing is a direction. You need to have it in your own heart. But there will be counsel. There will be advisors. And God has a way of communicating to us. If you'll just be asking he has a way of letting us know, okay, it's time to get off it. Right. It's well, time to stop. And that's why something we, we did in a previous podcast, we talked about kind of detachment from getting uh, our sense of identity from what we do. And so many times yeah. um, we're so attached to maybe an organization or a ministry or a business and it's time for it to die. But we feel like for it to die would be literally like for us to die. Yeah. And that's where detachment from that comes in so important. Like just because something I, I had learned, I had that experience in Mexico uh, we took over a, a successful 12-year ministry, and within one year, I completely closed the doors, you know? And I looked, I was yeah. like, I failed. But actually, I think it was my job to go in there and bring an end to it. Yeah. And maybe it was because I was detached from it. I didn't have all the emotional bonds of, but if we close it, this and that, I just came in, I was like, I'm looking at what is, I'm looking at what was, and I'm saying, we either completely revamp things or it needs to end. And then fortunately, the board in the U.S. kind of all agreed, and they're like, I think it's time for the thing to end. And, yeah. you know, there's some other circumstances. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's a kind of a convergence of things. But I felt, you know, telling people, well, what happened to the thing you took over? Well, it closed. Like, uh, that doesn't it look good on my resume. Heaven. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't look good on my resume. But that's where you have to learn detachment from what you do and, yeah. and, and, you know, and who you are. But that's what's hard sometimes for letting yeah. things die because we're, if something outside of ourselves helps us give identity for that thing to die would be for us to lose some of our identity. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jesus made himself a no reputation, and sometimes he'll do that to us too. Mm. It just make us a no reputation, and so we, we everything does have a life cycle, yeah. you know. And it, it, some things new need to die, and sometimes that's the very best thing that can happen for it. And maybe they'll experience resurrection power, and maybe it just needs to lay there in the ground. I think about that story with David, where he's begging God to save this son he had. Yeah, uh, it was. Um, so, through Bathsheba. Yeah, the, through Bathsheba, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, at, there's one point it picks up and he says, um, I've got the verse right here. Uh, they, then David saw his servants were whispering together. He understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, is the child dead? They said, yeah, he's dead. So David arose from the earth, washed and anointed himself and changed mm-hmm. his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. He then went down to his own house and he asked, uh, then he ate and he said, all right, we got it. Basically he's saying, I can't do anything about this. I've just got to move on and trust the Lord. And there's sometimes when you just it's it's dead, man. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to let it go, stop fighting it and then trust if the Lord wants to resurrect it, he'll do it in his time. Um but you can't force that, right? And Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could have prayed never, you know, if they wanted Jesus to raise from the dead, they could have prayed, "Oh Lord, let it happen, let it happen." It was going to happen in 3 days. It was not going to happen in 24 hours, not going to happen in 48 hours. It was going to happen in 3 days. That's what God's plan was and his purpose was. And you really don't want to keep something alive if God wants it to be dead. I mean, you don't want a zombie ministry, right? This thing's supposed to be dead, but I'm propping or it up. Or a zombie business. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or anything like that, you know. And so trusting that, you know, God's in charge and, and again, letting go of our own identity, our own emotions to it um, is, is just the way to make sure it's the Lord. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. 
Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson. 